The unofficial end to summer is here. School has started for most, football season is upon us, and soon the leaves will be changing color. At the DSR Network, we remain as busy as ever with a full slate of podcasts scheduled for the fall. In the coming weeks, we'll be launching two new shows with new hosts, creating even more content for our members. Members receive an ad-free listening experience, an evening newsletter, an invitation to join the DSR Slack community, bonus content, and more. Best of all, if you become a member in the month of September, you'll receive 20% off the normal membership price. Visit thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and enter code SCHOOL at checkout. That's thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and code SCHOOL. Thank you for your support. This is Words Matter with Norm Ornstein. We've got the votes and screw the rest of you. And Dr. Kavita Patel. These might be some of the smaller moments, you know, with all the bombshells. Didn't catch people's eyes. Hello and welcome to the podcast. This is Words Matter, and I'm not Dr. Kavita Patel. Uh, I'm David Rothkoff, and I'm here filling in, doing an excellent, no, doing a lousy impression of Dr. Kavita Patel. But because Norm Ornstein is here, uh, you'll get the usual quality that you get uh, with Words Matter, and I will try to stay the heck out of the way. Good morning, Norm. Good morning, David. It is so good to be with you, and that looks like a very warm and inviting room that you are in right now. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, right. That's where I hide out. Norm, it's a big day. It's a big day for America. It's a great day. It's very positive. I know you're often known as Norm of Sunnybrook Farm due to your positive <laughs> sunny disposition, um, uh, but... We do have one thing to celebrate before we get to all the other horrible shit that's going on, and that is Rupert Murdoch has resigned. And I just want to know if you concur with my view that no one has done more to damage American democracy, British democracy, possibly Australian democracy, and the intellectual and moral standing of those countries over the past half century than Rupert Murdoch. I could not agree more, um, and I do think that when the cast of global villains is set in stone, if we ever have it, for the past 25 years, Rupert Murdoch is at or very near the top of that list. The bad news is it doesn't appear that Lachlan Murdoch, his successor, is any better. Uh there are other members of the Murdoch family who have pretty much divorced themselves from the destructive uh, capability of the other Murdochs, but they're going to continue to foment uh, very bad things uh, out there, uh, even with Rupert uh, leaving the scene. So it's both good news and not so good news. Well, we can hope. I mean, Lachlan, you know, politically is a kind of Tucker Carlson guy and yeah. therefore vile. But on the other hand, he's not as good a businessman as Rupert is, yeah. and perhaps he'll screw up the company. Well, that would be good. And, you know, we have more lawsuits to come uh, at uh, Fox 
Um, we've got one more uh, voting company, voting machine company, Smartmatic. They're probably not going to do as well uh, as Dominion did. We've got other lawsuits pending. Uh, it doesn't appear that Lachlan is as smart as uh, Rupert, uh, but you're right. He is. Uh, his political views are uh, aligned with Tucker Carlson. That's not a good place to be. Well, it does. It reminds us of what a toxic chemical greed is. You know, there there are a group of billionaires out there who presumably know better, know the flaws of Trump and know the flaws of their policy and know the dangers of the populism they promote and know the dangers of democracy uh, being under undercut the way they 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 are you know helping to advance and yet they support it all because they want lower tax rates and that, that's all yeah i think you're exactly right that some of them are uh ideologically uh, off the rails um but you're right they will sacrifice democracy large numbers of people create mayhem around the world, all so that they can protect their uh, tax rates. You know, uh, the foreign minister of Canada, Christia Friedland, before she moved back, was uh, with Reuters here in Washington. Uh, I actually did an interview with her. She interviewed me and Tom Mann about our book, uh, It's Even Worse Than It Looks, back in 2012. She wrote a very interesting book about the billionaire class, uh, got inside it, and saw that they were mutually reinforcing with the idea that they were the victims in the society. And it actually goes back to uh, Mitt Romney, you know, wonderful that he has done some nice things now, but you'll remember in his uh, presidential campaign where we had that uh, video of him, private session with donors, talking about the makers and the takers. And the billionaire class view themselves as the makers. Most of them, of course, have made nothing except manipulating money to make billions and destroying companies often and uh, economic product along the way. But they see themselves as the saviors of uh, society and the economy, and they are only under attack and vilified by all of the takers who are leeching off of what they've done to build the economy. And I think they use that frame as a rationale for the destructive things that they do and the policies they pursue and believe that the way to keep them making is to keep their tax rates low so that the takers can't get any more out of them. Uh, it, it is uh, truly frightening, especially now, because in the aftermath of the Citizens United decision and so many others in the Supreme Court, that those billions can be used for truly pernicious things and to promote truly pernicious people. Uh, yeah, ex excellent point. I would only uh, add that two years before her book on this came out, uh, there was another excellent book called Superclass, which tracked the 6,000 richest, most powerful people in the world that I wrote. 
And, um, you know, it's not that hers was entirely derivative of mine. There were a few new ideas in it. But uh, I don't want superclass to pass under the radar. Now, having said that about my book, having said that about, no, I wasn't as tough on them as I should have been, and she was, uh, uh, although I made up for it in a later book called Power Aim. Yes. But uh, in your um, uh, book, um, uh, things can, uh, are wor- what is the title? Things are worse than they Yeah, it's even worse than it looks. Even worse than it looks. Yeah. How come you were so optimistic? Because it's worse than that. I mean, you know, there you were back then, and you had no idea it would get this bad. No, I, I didn't. And, and and the reason that I didn't, although, you know, uh, I saw the Republican Party um, turning into a cult, and the cult was there before Trump came along. But frankly, where I was off was believing that there were some Republicans in office who had at least a scintilla of moral integrity. And what we've learned is that the moral cowardice is everywhere. Uh, you know, you, you have a handful of people who've stood up. and But I mean, literally a handful. That's it. Uh, Liz Cheney, Adam Kinsinger, you know, you have some others who knew uh, full well, and then basically just decided to bail. You've got Romney, uh, who at least in some instances stood up to uh, Trump, although he also supported a lot of pernicious policies and people. Um, every one of these horrific judges uh, and uh, justices uh, and blowing up uh, the norms. But I didn't think that we, we would lose almost entirely the kind of dikes of protection uh, to keep this from going completely off the rails. Well, yeah, I mean, let's be honest here. The rock-ribbed bastions of republicanism, like the Bushes, failed the country. They sat on their hands. They covered their mouths. They were absolutely silent as all of this happened, and they have remained yeah, silent. Yeah. I've been stunned uh, at that, and that uh, George W. Bush especially has uh, not intervened in the slightest way uh, against what's happening, and his brother Jeb is worse. Uh, but, uh, you know, nobody... Uh, you know, now we're getting... Uh, Bush in a modest way, trying to protect the one greatest legacy of his presidency, PEPFAR, uh, which is under assault from the core of the Republican Party in Congress. But it's not like he is doing what any reasonable person would do, and nothing from opinion leaders to try and protect or restore in any fashion the integrity of a party that's gone completely uh, off the rails. And and a measure of how completely off the rails it has gone is that this Republican Party wants to turn its back on precisely that greatest achievement of the Republican Party in the past 23 years, which is PEPFAR, which has saved millions and millions of lives in Africa, 
It is a genuinely good thing, universally embraced across the political spectrum, and they want to, you know, the authorization is up, and they they don't want to reauthorize. You know, it it gets me back to one of my real uh, hobby horses here. These are people who have anointed themselves as pro-life. They are not pro-life. They are anti-sex. They use the abortion issue uh, to try and promote um, a set of social strictures that are antiquated and absurd and sadistic. But they don't care about the lives of others. And that includes the lives of women who are going to die not because they are having abortions, but because of miscarriages. They are going to destroy the lives of many women because the uh, physicians in these horrific states uh, like Alabama and Mississippi and Louisiana are fleeing uh, and there will be nobody to take care of uh, uh, women's health uh, in a direct fashion. They're destroying Planned Parenthood, which provides fundamental services, including against cancer for women. And and you look at PEPFAR, they don't give a damn whether people die as a consequence of that. It's a disgrace. Well, and, and look, let's not forget, because I, I don't want anybody ever to forget, um, even though the Congress of the United States and frankly, the media of the United States has decided they just don't care. But hundreds of thousands of Americans died during COVID because of bad policies, mismanagement. In any other time, in any kind of just world, it would have been a scandal. And you would have been prosecuting Trump and these other people for malfeasance before we got to any of these other cases, because hundreds of thousands of people died. And, you know, it's just like, oh, yeah, that well, that just happened. You know, the mass murder. Uh, and we're dealing with people who are at minimum accessories to mass murder, is coming back. Look at Ron DeSantis now and his quack surgeon general as we see this new variant of COVID emerging. And they are trashing this new uh, vaccine booster designed to help with the new variant and also minimize the damage from previous variants. They are uh, physically uh, going after people using masks under any circumstance. And we're going to see more people die. And it's a completely cynical uh, effort to build political support with the radical right. And we're going to have even more deaths. Uh, yeah, we are. Uh, you know, we did get an interesting insight into the origin of the mask hatred of the Republican Party. Uh, but just the past few hours, as information is coming out about Cassidy Hutchison's new book, Cassidy Hutchison, of course, being um, the one of the key witnesses in the January 6th hearings. Um, and what she apparently reports in the new book is that Donald Trump did not like wearing a mask because his makeup rubbed off onto the ear, the straps of the mask. And so when he would take the mask off, it would be covered in bronzer and he thought it was a bad look for him. Uh, 
Well, of course, that's not the only revelation that we've seen in the book. We see even more uh, about uh, Rudy Giuliani, who is clearly one of the most vile people to emerge in the United States of America in the 20th and into the 21st uh, century. Uh, and we just have to hope that there will be some justice here. Not only, uh, of course, Giuliani emerging as a pig, uh, even more as a pig, but also now being sued by his former lawyer for failure to pay $1.3 million in fees. He's got a huge judgment uh, after he slimed and destroyed the lives of these two wonderful uh, poll workers in Georgia. Uh, it's uh, just a, a disgrace. Uh, now, the other thing that I find interesting, though, is that we have Sidney Powell, who was, of course, in the forefront of trying to promote the stolen election now turning on Donald Trump because he won't pay any of her legal fees. Lynn Wood, another one of these crazy lawyers who promoted these crazy theories, emerging as a prosecution witness in Georgia. And it's like the mob is breaking up and people are turning on each other. And so we can have at least a little bit of schadenfreude uh, uh, today uh, uh, as we think about the bad things happening. And one of the other things we ought to talk about a little a bit is the emerging government shutdown and the chaos that that's going to bring to us, probably for an extended period of time. Yeah, no, no, I definitely want to get to that. Although I do want to say that schadenfreude is the breakfast of champions. I have it every morning. <laughs> um, and, uh, uh, you know, you, you, one of the people that has also turned on Trump in the past uh, couple of days, it turns out, is his secretary from Mar-a-Lago, yes. um, who, you know, at the end of the day uh, decided that, you know, getting handwritten notes on classified documents made her a little uncomfortable um, and has uh, become, a, I think, an important witness for Jack Smith. Uh, it, was, it was also interesting to me uh, uh, yesterday that uh, Peter Navarro, for some reason, appeared on the Ari Melber show. Uh, they have some kind of a thing going. And, uh, uh, you know, while uh, while being questioned by Ari, who's a good questioner, uh, Navarro said he didn't think Trump was going to make it through the Jack Smith case. In other words, he said he thought that uh, Jack Smith was going to convict Trump, um, which is, you know, I, note, noteworthy because Navarro is an out-of-his-mind nut um, uh, pro-Trump, right? You know, uh, it's a, a very interesting. Uh, even uh, Judge Cannon may not be able to uh, save Trump from this. But uh, one of the things, another one of my pet peeves, ABC did a, uh, a story where the headline, uh, this was about uh, Trump's secretary who had helped move the boxes and Trump said to her as the feds were closing in, you don't know anything about the boxes. And the ABC headline was, uh, Trump says this, we don't know what he meant by that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. The media is so yeah. fucking ridiculous. This morning I was like doom scrolling on Twitter 
And there was a semaphore piece, semaphore being one of the many, you know, green shoots of journalism in Washington recently. And it said, the headline was, Donald Trump hands out boxes of pizza in Iowa. Joe Biden struggles with issues about his age. And I was like, what the fuck? You know, but Trump is, you know, Mr. Happy Pizza Handler. That's the best Trump story you can come out with. And and, and I don't well, know. I will, just I will bet you, first of all, that Trump ordered a pizza from a pizza place and then stiffed the pizza place just as he did down in Florida. But one thing we know about our media is that they are going to have uh, the same amount of bandwidth to criticize Joe Biden as they will use to criticize Republicans because they want to appear even handed. And they've now, uh, and that's, you know, it takes us back to the tan suit uh, fiasco with uh, Barack Obama. You don't have real scandals, so you make one up so that you can show you are even handed. And now the big story over and over again is going to be about Joe Biden's age and infirmity. And we saw this play out when he emerged from his whirlwind trip to Asia and having been up for close to 72 hours through a whirlwind set of meetings, does a little press conference and then says, I'm going to bed. Any of us have, who have been to Europe or been to Asia and suffered jet lag know that uh, there's going to come a time when you have to crash. I've had to sit through meetings where I could barely keep my eyes open. And what they should have been doing is marveling at the fact that he had such stamina. Instead, it was all about sad old Joe Biden. And, uh, you know, as much damage as Rupert Murdoch has done, our mainstream media are on a path with no learning curve, no willingness to self-examine or change to destroy our democracy, to act as useful for the autocrats and dictators who are using them for their own purposes. We know, uh, you know, Politico did an interview with a Republican operative who said that, look, we're using the impeachment and the Hunter Biden story because we know the media are going to help us so that we can get voters to say, hey, Joe Biden is corrupt, Donald Trump is corrupt, there's no real difference there. They're being used to uh, achieve the ends of the most pernicious people we have in our society, and they either don't recognize it or are unwilling to do anything about it. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, you can see how this is going to end up. You know, the New York Times headline... Uh, in January 2025, which will be something like five reasons why the end of democracy is good for the average American. <laughs> you know, um, but, you know, and you know, we interviewed so and so, and he said, "Well, I get back my election days, and I don't have to make as many decisions about my life now that Donald Trump is making them all." But uh, you know, it's 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 harrowing. We saw it with the Kristen Welker interview. We've seen it with a lot of other things, uh, and it doesn't. You know, it it tries to both sides things to such a point that, you know, the insanity, which you referred to earlier, of the Republican Congress doesn't get reported as insanity. 
And we are now essentially certainly going to have a government shutdown. Key services will not be available to people. It could go on for a considerable long period of time. It's happening because the far-right nutcases in the Republican Party have made it impossible for them to pass a clean continuing resolution. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not going to even go on, although maybe we'll get to it in the, the last bit of the, of the podcast, to, to what I heard yesterday listening to the House Judiciary Committee um, uh, and, and its uh, examination of, of, of Merrick Garland, which was harrowing. Yeah. But, but talk about the government shutdown and, you know, what you think that may mean uh, for the country, but also potentially politically. Well, we know that uh, shutdowns, uh, which almost always happen because of obdurate Republicans, uh, tend to work against them, sometimes very badly against them. That was the case with the Newt Gingrich shutdown in, in uh, the Bill Clinton years. But if you're the incumbent president and there's an extended shutdown that could help to trigger a recession, it's not going to be good for you either. Now, why are we having this shutdown? There are a couple of reasons. Certainly, the major reason is that the Republican majority in the House is dominated by and driven by the most extreme lunatic fringe faction of that party. And Kevin McCarthy, who is the weakest, most morally corrupt speaker that we have seen. I get a lot of people saying, what about Dennis Hastert? Well, Dennis Hastert's moral corruption mostly occurred before he was speaker and after he was speaker, although he was a corrupt speaker. McCarthy is worse. And McCarthy knows that they could avoid a shutdown or minimize a shutdown by getting a package that fits the agreement that they had over spending levels that averted a debt ceiling crisis just months back, which he has now abandoned by having a bill come up on the floor that would have more Democrats than Republicans, but it would have sufficient Republicans to be able to avert this catastrophe. He can't do it because it would mean the end of his speakership. Now, I don't see his speakership surviving for the most part anyhow. We are headed to a shutdown almost certainly on October 1st, and we know that the Freedom Caucus extremists are eager to see this happen because they believe that uh, once people realize that it doesn't mean very much to them, they'll be perfectly happy to eliminate a lot of government programs They'll feel the freedom that comes without these oppressive government programs. And that, of course, is not the way it works. I am hoping that the Biden White House is as adept as the Clinton White House was in making sure that when things are shut down, that these red state Republicans feel it uh, and understand what is missing when we don't have uh, government in place. But this is going to be extended for a significant period of time. And then uh, at some point, the Republicans, especially those in the House who are uh, in serious jeopardy, 
are going to want to bring up a bill that will get us past this. And if McCarthy does it and puts it on the floor and it will end up with more Democrats than Republicans, then uh, Matt Gates will certainly uh, invoke this uh, ability, which McCarthy had to agree to when they went through their 15 votes to choose a speaker, where any one member can bring up a motion to vacate uh, the speakership. And uh, it's not clear how that entirely will play out, but I would guess that he is going to be wounded and will not survive. But the big problem is that the train is being, the runaway train is being driven by the Matt Gateses and Marjorie Taylor Greens and Lauren Boberts and Scott Perry's and Paul Gosar's of the world. And they are taking us uh, into disastrous territory. Yeah, no question about that. And I want to come back because it's being run by somebody else and we need to talk about him too. Uh, but this is the point in each of these podcasts where we take a break and we say, if you're not a member, you should go become one because the rest of the content in this podcast is available to members only and it's going to be really good. So go to the dsrnetwork.com, click on membership, become a member. It's $5 a month. We're doing so many podcasts that that's a lot of extra bonus content. It's a lot of great stuff um, and it's a super bargain. So go now and uh, do that. If if you're not a member, however, until you do that, you're not going to be able to continue with us. So bye-bye. If you are a member, stand by. Um, we'll be right back. 